0: restriction supply. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at atlassian.com, a t l a s s i a n.com. Atlassian Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to crush, humiliate, and totally destroy your competition in your fantasy football draft. It's incredibly simple, so let me just break it down for you. Ultimate Draft Kit. The Ultimate Draft Kit from the Fantasy Footballers is hands-down the best fantasy tool in existence. (laughs) I mean, come on. It's got sleepers, it's got busts, injury updates, full projections. This thing's even got full Dynasty rankings. Don't overthink this. It's the only wingman you'll need this year. Head over to UltimateDraftKit.com and grab your copy right away.
1: To the Fantasy Footballers Podcast with your hosts, Andy Holloway, Jason Moore, and Mike Wright.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. That's the Fantasy Footballers Podcast, Jason, Mr. Nasty Man. You're, You're projecting. Just so much, so much nastiness, nasty energy into my face. Welcome to the podcast. It is Wednesday, August the 3rd. It sounds really terrible. What? I'm projecting just
1: (laughs) nastiness. I thought you were upset with August the 3rd. No, no, I was not upset. Uh, August the 3rd has done nothing to me. Uh, I am fine with August the 3rd. It's also
2: known as the day before football. Oh, yes. Uh, Apparently there's football tomorrow. Which I, is mind-blowing. We do this full-time. We are, I would say,
1: plugged into
2: the NFL. Yes, yes.
1: And we're, my, our minds are blown. It's like, wait, no, that's not true. There's not. We're still a long ways away before, nope, it's tomorrow, the Hall of Fame game where no NFL players you will recognize will play in it, but it is a real NFL
2: preseason game. Is that true, Kyle? It's Thomas Brady's birthday? And Zach Wilson. And, oh. One of those is good. <laughs> At football, uh, welcome into the podcast. You may have noticed Andy is not here after two years, ladies and gentlemen. Two years of running, COVID finally got him. So he is—he's doing all right, but mild, mild symptoms and everything. Hopefully, we'll get him in remotely uh, the rest of the week. But yeah, for the, now, it's me and me and young nasty man. Yeah, here we Old, thought we were coming into the day,
1: right? As mortal enemies in a head-to-head mayhem mock. We were looking for mayhem. And now we're best friends. That's true. We're best friends again. We. Oh, that's but, a great point. But tomorrow, Mike, is going to be difficult. Because tomorrow should be the head-to-head mayhem mock. Where we will absolutely hate each other. Yes. And yet, it will be just the two of us in the studio. This is going to be a real... Ooh, frenemies.
2: A, a frenemies. Best frenemies. Best frenemies show. So on today's show, we're going to roll through some news, some keep trade cut, and we're going to hit some of that mailbag. If you want to watch the show, youtube.com slash the fantasy footballers, make sure you subscribe, ring the bell. We got some sweet shorts going up there as well. The other socials, instagram.com slash fantasy footballers. Find the three of us on Twitter and Instagram. I am at FF Find Jason at Jason FFL and find Andy at Andy Holloway. And a great friend of the, the show there at the top reminding you, ultimatedraftkit.com. It's the only draft tool that you need over the off season. This thing is staying current with, yes, the unfortunate news uh, that is happening. I mean, it's training camp, so yep. like this is part of it. We know that this is part of the process. It still sucks. It still hurts every single time. But we are updating immediately as we have concrete news and we fix those projections the quick question of the day comes in from cigar
1: sager i'm gonna say sager i don't think mamas are naming their kids cigar very
2: often well okay (laughs) that's a fair point okay i mean they're from portland does that change your opinion (laughs) okay cigar from portland (laughs) says what hey ballers how do you prepare for a draft if your league doesn't set a draft order until one hour before the start of the draft, do you prepare the way you normally would for all 12 spots, or is there a more efficient way to prepare? I would say the most efficient way to prepare is the three six nine method. Um, Stand it real fine. Yeah,
1: uh, you know, look, the beginning, the middle, and the end of the draft. If you uh, do a couple mock drafts or a couple best balls where you are, um, you know, in the second or third spot the sixth or seventh spot and the ninth or tenth spot you're going to be prepared for everything it doesn't matter whether you just need to know who's going near the beginnings of rounds who's going near the ends of rounds and kind of uh, prepare that way the only other thing I would say is that when, when you do that kind of casual easy preparation um, just know if you happen to get on the turn and and every year when i'm actually on the end of you know the beginning or end of a round it takes me a couple of rounds before i remember to stop worrying so much about adp right because it really like there's there's 22 players gone before you're up you're not getting you're not playing the adp game grab who you want when you're on the absolute turn
2: uh i completely agree it's just get ready for the middle and get ready for the turns that's if you're as it, simple as that you know
1: if you if you're playing like we you know I'm playing on underdog all the time, if you do some of the mock drafts there or they're not mock they're you know they're real live best ball drafts, and you get randomly assigned your spots there, so you just play in a bunch of those and you'll be prepped for your draft
2: news and notes from around the league all right, the big one that happened yesterday oh man fireball jones aka tim patrick wide receiver from the denver broncos landed awkwardly he tore his acl he will be out for the year this is a this is a a big change for the denver broncos patrick just signed that multi-year extension so thankfully the dude just got some money and i mean we love tim patrick on the show he is i mean not an elite wide receiver, but a very, very good player, very helpful for the Denver Broncos. But now we have massive fantasy implications. Russ Wilson, the trade, he is the quarterback of this team. He where he goes, fantasy goodness follows. I love Cortland Sutton as a breakout. Jason, you're pretty aligned. I don't know if you're as bullish on Sutton. Or, uh, yeah, or no, are we I, I, yeah, I together? Think, now? I think we are
1: aligned. I mean okay. uh, Sutton to me is the one player who's proven it on the field. He uh I, I think he can and will be a dominant fantasy option. Jerry Judy has a lot to prove, but obviously have, has the talent and skill set to do it. While this is just awful news for Tim Patrick, uh, not great news for Russell Wilson or the Denver Broncos, for fantasy, you know, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, they get bumps up in confidence. Sure. Um, we just did the live event in L.A. Uh, where Andy was bringing up the problems with Jerry Judy and his, his predominant and issue. they are, they are
2: fair – it's a fair assessment of Jerry Judy to question. Like, uh, yes, drafted to be great, as a wise man would say, but the guy has not done it on a football field. He has not,
1: and, you know, the the thing is is there are so many mouths to feed here. K.J. Hamler, who a lot of people don't remember, was a second-round pick right, in the same draft class as Jerry Judy. He was, you know, less than a round picked after him uh he was activated off the pup there's there's plenty of ways the fantasy options could go I'm with you that I think it's going to be Cortland Sutton as the main guy um this injury to Tim Patrick as another big bodied guy another you know if you're looking for the big bodied box out maybe a red zone target now that you know consolidates a little bit more for for Cortland Sutton here um but maybe Hamler who uh uh, will find his way on the field far more in three wide receiver yes. sets now. Now that he's uh, back from the very brutal injury,
2: uh, maybe he can be relevant. I know Andy loves K.J. Hamler. Yeah, he, he's an interesting player, an absolute burner, and with an increase of snaps, we'll see what happens. And if you are an Albert Ogwebenom truther, I mean, the <laughs> the odds of him being really relevant for fantasy have gone up tremendously. Uh, like Jerry Judy's not a small guy. I mean, six one. He's just like frame wise. Yeah, a, you know, I think a he's six one one twenty two from just, just from the photographs I've seen. He's he uh, was, he's sure. not a thick boy. No, yeah. He just he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of mass going on there. But so would, do we need another large feller like Cortland Sutton and Albert O? Certainly fits that. A name to monitor. Well, look, first off, the Denver Broncos will probably be. Searching the free agency, uh, the the wide receivers that are still out there. Obviously, if you're still a free agent right now, there's generally a reason for that. But I mean, like, Will Fuller is. Has anyone heard a peep? No. About Will Fuller, I, I have. What lo- the heck is going on? I have looked. Um, you know, I I I think he's
1: he's had his own you know um you know mental struggles over the last okay couple of years. So I don't know. That there's any news uh, recently on on Will Fuller, but he is the name that's usually thrown around now that Julio is signed as it's him and Odell Beckham Jr. right as the main free agent wide receivers. But Odell Beckham has a very long timeline before he's probably back at the end of the season. I doubt he signs in this time of year. Um, And then and then there's Will Fuller, who's like we're all waiting. Like where are you going to sign? He is a much better wide receiver than a lot of currently active.
2: Rostered wide receivers. Irv Smith Jr., tight end from the Vikings, who lost his entire season last year right before the season started. I believe it was a meniscus tear uh, that took him out. Well, he suffered a thumb injury on in Monday's practice, and he had to get surgery for it. The team believes he'll be ready for week one. He broke a thumb. This This <laughs> sucks. It does
1: suck. For redraft purposes, he's off the board. Yeah. Um, I, I really like Irv Smith, one of my absolute favorite um late round tight end targets. And if you're in a redraft league, unless he is actively playing in you know the preseason week three, which I don't think will be the case with the timeline right. for this injury, you don't draft him. Now, that does not mean his season is bad at all. If I'm in a best ball season, uh, I'm I'm definitely still drafting Irv Smith wherever he falls to now, he'll probably fall around or two because of the fears of the thumb uh the 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 issue though is you don't know how slow it's going to start and when you're in those last few rounds and you're deciding between a Hunter Henry and an Irv Smith and a Gerald Everett and a David Njoku why would you ever
2: pick the guy that like he might play week one let me ask you this though uh so you're at the end of the draft let's say you punted tight end is you know it's basically your last pick and you have an IR spot in your in your league settings. Do you take, do you take uh, Irv Smith and then just the other tight end that you liked? Maybe it was Gerald Everett or somebody. Is, is Irv Smith on the radar that you like him enough to IR stash him? That's actually a really good.
1: I was just so ready to say, no, I would never take a second tight end. You'll just grab him off the waivers. But you, you bring up a really nice classic gamesmanship trick, which is if you have an IR spot in your league, yeah, absolutely. Draft Irv Smith with your last
2: pick and then – and then just throw him on the IR and pick up another player for free. Kansas City Chiefs rookie wide receiver Sky Moore. He left practice early with a hip injury. He good. But he jumped on the social media. He jumped on the gram. He let us know, I'm good to go. So that's fan- He is he's getting a lot of that buzz from training camp, so a name to monitor. Over in Pittsburgh, the Deontay Johnson hold-in continues. We do know that they are talking, which is – Better than, you know, not talking. Yeah, the
1: GM has said things like they want Deontay to be a Steeler for a long time, and those are really positive things to hear for negotiations having anywhere to go because if they don't want that, I mean, the Steelers are kind of notorious at wide receiver for drafting great wide receivers, getting a lot out of them, and saying, I'm not paying you a ton of money, so see you later. I'm going to draft other great wide receivers, and they've already done it this year. I think they grabbed two very good wide receivers in the draft so uh, the common you know knowledge thought process here has been that Deontay is going to be gone but there's even though the even though the news right now says that the Steelers are far apart uh, negotiations have stalled or whatever it, it seems a little bit positive to me that they are still
2: talking and trying to figure something out and we had an interesting report here Jason out of Los Angeles the way that Sean McVay is talking about his backfield, he mm, said, quote, yes. I look at it as we've got two starting running backs. Those guys are great compliments. I see them both as starting caliber players. Now, this is – it's not interesting from the fact that, look, Daryl Henderson, uh, you know, high draft capital, third-round pick a couple of years ago, Cam Akers. Wait, you mean Darnell Anderson? No, I will not. Darnell Anderson. I will not play this game with you. So I'll play the game by myself. People <laughs> – Daryl Henderson has not done enough that we can give him a fake name. That people, there will be just confusion everywhere. Yeah, be confused, Uh, Darnell. Anyways, you were talking about Darnell. So Daryl Henderson draft capital was solid, good shifty player. But then they spent an even higher draft capital pick on Cam Akers. Unfortunately, he had the Achilles injury. He did come back for the playoffs last year, which was like a miracle of modern medicine. Mm -hmm. He was not a miracle on the field. He looked. Bad and very inefficient, but he was getting all of the work. One of the things that I don't think is brought up enough anywhere, and it
1: seems kind of foolish, so I will bring it up now. Do it is the fact that a lot's made of like, well, he came back. Cam Acres came back. He was inefficient, but man, did he get the work. Yeah, I mean, you look at the playoff carries, and it's like, oh, he got the work. He got the work. He got the, you know. Darnell Anderson was not there for those games. Daryl Henderson, okay. Daryl Henderson was not there for those, but games. but Sony
2: Michelle was. Sure, but my. P- and Sony Michelle was coming off a very hot streak of of
1: being a good runner for well, them. Well, that's why it's that's why it's not brought up much is because they completely said, "Sony, you're not the guy. Cam, you are." So you can very easily say, "Oh, Cam is their guy. They're just going to use him." Period. But it it might just be that maybe Sony Michelle is not as good as Daryl Henderson, which he's not. In which case the reason that they gave Cam all the work was because they didn't have Daryl Henderson. Now, Daryl Henderson has never been a model of health. I mean, obviously, he was missing those games with an MCL himself, barely got back for the Super Bowl, played a couple snaps in that. But I, I do think that there is a world where this isn't just Cam Akers getting complete bell cow work,
2: and it's kind of a a, a more split backfield than you expect. Now, aside from the the comment... This is never. This is not how McVeigh has done things. Like he has always had the dude. I mean, going Todd Gurley. Which of course, if you have healthy Todd Gurley, he's going to be the guy for your team. But Daryl Henderson was the guy to start this year. Was actually very good for fantasy football before he suffered yet another injury. That's kind of been the the knock on Henderson is he can't stay on a football field. So you're really buying into this. We have. I, Many years of McVay being a coach and him going with the bell cow system, very similar to Tomlin in Pittsburgh when he can't.
1: Yeah, I don't
2: I don't know that that's... You have your concerns.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I just don't know that that's really true. Like with Tomlin, you've got you know a decade. You've got multiple years where the backup behind him came in and was fully utilized. Whereas in this situation, you had Todd Gurley. So, yeah, you had... Of course he was a bell cow. He was the best running back in the league. And then after that, when Henderson had his chance, well, Cam Akers was injured to start the year. So it was like, yeah, of course he was the dude. I don't know that we've seen a situation where you have two good, healthy running backs and see what McVay does. And hopefully we have two good, healthy running backs this year. And uh, I think if that is the case, that it will
2: not just be a work horseback. Yeah, it's something to monitor as Cam Akers is a pretty high-drafted running back. It's training camp so it's the time where we choo choo all aboard the hype train. And I had a player that I wanted to bring up, Jason, just and and pick your brain about it because this guy he was a third-day draft pick, so or he, the draft capital is not what you want. The the odds are against him and it's been a it's been a wild ride for the fantasy footballers with this guy, so Fourth round pick from the Green Bay Packers, wide can, receiver. Can I guess him? Can you? Can I guess the wide receiver you want to bring up? What's in the? You're looking at I, the name in front of you. Wait, is this Romeo Dubs? Yes, that's what I. I wanted to explain the process of you know, like as you're trying to learn all of these prospects, and it's it's Romeo uh, Dubs. <laughs> no, oh dang, it. Romeo Dubs, but it's spelled D O U, and it was like Romeo Dubs that. Okay, and then we were alerted. No, it's Romeo Dobbs, and now we've been alerted again. It is in fact Romeo Dobbs. So until so dumb though. Well, spell what, your name right. We're doing this again, Tunyon. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, Tunyon, Tunyon,
1: got me with the T O N. He didn't
2: choose the spelling of his name. It's just so funny that
1: it's it's Dobbs. Like there is a name for that so there's <laughs> a spelling for that.
2: So, but yes, Romeo Dobbs, we could talk about the now that we've okay. talked about his name. So, rookie wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, which again like generally speaking, rookies for Aaron Rodgers do not interest me, but he is getting a lot of steam coming out of here uh, of training camp. He's 6'2", 204. You know, he ran a 4.5 at his pro day, so that's not necessarily the speed you want. But we just had a, a training camp video come out where he is burning. Uh, he's burning one of the Packers' fast DBs, four-year starter or a four-year player out of Nevada. Production profile is very solid. I mean, Nevada, of course, smaller school, but nine hundred, nearly a thousand and nine touchdowns, eleven hundred yards and eleven touchdowns this past season. Like, where are you at? Is this? Do you do you think that this drumbeat can build to something of? that has substance or is it just, well, Christian Watson's out. When he's back, dubs will go back to no, the bench. Th- this this matters to me quite a bit. I think okay. that um
1: look, there is a clear need at wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. When you lose Devontae Adams, you don't you 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 know you you have to find someone else to throw the ball to. He was, you know, thirty percent of your targets. And so when you draft Christian Watson you're saying okay this is who I I want as a a general manager this is who I want to be the primary replacement except he's injured and Aaron Rodgers is a timing thrower he is a build trust guy I need to know where you are going to be and know that you're going to be there and so he's getting the work with Dobbs right now and the camp reports have been really good with Dobbs and Aaron Rodgers has said good things about Dobbs so you put it all together, and it's considering right now Christian Watson is still. I mean, you're you're talking eight nine rounds ahead of Dobbs. They're both rookies coming in. Draft capital matters a little bit. You know, the the obviously it matters for talent and what you've done. Obviously, the presumption is the better player is drafted earlier, and it matters a little bit for money and what the team has invested. But Aaron Rodgers has never had these first round. High draft capital, great wide receivers. That's true. He likes to get the credit and the glory. So, I mean, look, <laughs> he's, he's not drafting the players, Jason. I'm, I know. So he's going to use the, he wants the, who's the last guy you drafted? I'm going to make him great because
2: that makes me great. I'm not at the point where for redraft purposes, I'm ready to push some chips in on, on Dobbs, but it's just, it's, it's there, the time of year to make sure that we're aware of all these players. There are more shallow dynasty leagues where Dobbs is available on waivers right now.
1: So yes. go take a look. And in your, you know, if you're doing a best ball drafts where you're going eighteen rounds,
2: he's a great pick at the end of the draft. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back for some keep trade cut. This
1: episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Some things may seem small at the time, but
0: And replacement cost coverage comes standard. That means damaged items are repaired or replaced, even if they cost more today than they did when you bought them, which could put your wallet at ease to tap the banner or visit USAA.com slash homeowners to learn more and get a quote. Restrictions apply.
2: All right, Jason, it is keep trade cut time. Are you prepared? I am fully prepared. Keep trade cut. All right, we have a trio of round two wide receivers per the sleeper platform ADP. Debo Samuel out of Sound, of sound Francisco. Sound Francisco. They love their noises there. <laughs> it's a bay, you know, because oh, so the, s- the, the sound reverberates. Mm, sound, that's why they of- call it Sound Francisco. <laughs> Debo Samuel our consensus number six wide receiver Ceedee lamb out of dallas or mike evans out of tampa bay these are our consensus six seven and eight that uh, that doesn't mean that that's how you have it individually ranked but keep trade cut Jabe. what are you doing with these players yeah i i really love this question kicking it off here because this is one
1: that you will be deciding about if you are you know let's say you have the ninth pick or the 10th pick sure in your league the second round you're gonna be staring at these three guys and you're gonna be saying which one of these guys do I take if you had asked me a week ago it would have been different because oh did the contract contract absolutely made the difference when I'm spending a high-end second round pick I still don't want the question marks of a player that is holding in because you just don't ever know and that was Debo Samuel Now that he has signed, and I personally care about the fact that he is incentivized in the rushing game, it says that they're going to use him that way. I mean, I've seen a lot of different ways to say that if you take away Debo's rushing, like you take away all of his rushing touchdowns, he outscored Stephon Diggs last year. So he's a good wide receiver. But he's going to have rushing. He's going to have receiving. He was the wide receiver, too, last year. And, yeah, Trey Lance comes in. There's quarterback changes. But you're not talking about a guy who was good. You're talking about a guy who was great. He is the centerpiece of this offense. He just got paid like it. And Shanahan is going to design and scheme things specifically for him. I mean, Debo Samuel's a man. And That's true. I'm going to draft him like a man. No. And I'm going to cut the boy.
2: You're going to cut the the boy, Ceedee Lamb. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, what I like about these three players is they all could potentially be top five guys, in my opinion. And, but they all have some things that are a little shaky. You pointed out the the uh, uh, the quarterback change for Debo Samuel, and what does that mean? Mike Evans was looking. Oh. It's like the last man standing for Tom Brady, and then in the last couple of weeks we've seen, or even just the last week, we saw Chris Godwin was activated for training camp. That doesn't mean he's ready for Week One, but they, I mean those are good signs. Oh yeah, it's much better than being on the pup. And then the team added Julio Jones as Her, a I've heard wide, of him. We yes, as a as a depth wide receiver, and then CeeDee Lamb. Yet James Washington just went down with an unfortunate Jones fracture in his foot. But Ceedee Lamb, we still have have yet to see him be truly the number one dominant wide receiver, which he has to be that for Dallas to be good on the on the offensive side of the football. I oh man, so you you're easily on the Debo side. I'm easily on the Debo side for the keep. That one
1: okay. to me is. Debo Samuel, when you're talking about these three guys, they all have a few question marks, right? You have you have the quarterback change for Debo. You have the fact that we've never really seen CeeDee Lamb truly be a yeah. dominant one in fantasy. And you now have Mike Evans not being the clear alpha target leader necessarily that he looked like he was going to be for the first half of the year. So if you have questions with them all, I think, well, what's the ceiling for each one of them? And the ceiling we saw last year from Debo Samuel is, I mean, Debo Samuel would have been the wide receiver one in almost every other year, but Cooper Cup was so stinking good that he was the wide receiver two. It's insulting to call what Debo Samuel did last year a wide receiver two, or the wide receiver two. Now, you can have a real close and great debate between Mike Evans and CeeDee Lamb because the targets have to go to CeeDee Lamb. There just isn't really another option. He is the only wide receiver on the depth chart right now who has an NFL touchdown reception This is absurd so I get it if you want to go with the youth of CeeDee Lamb the targets that just have to be there I don't have any problem with that whatsoever but I do worry man I look CeeDee Lamb's a player I love he was a my guy last year sure. I, I'm 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 a huge CeeDee Lamb uh, believer but I have fears because he should have done more last year he really should have he had the opportunity to dominate and what he did was he was good.
2: He was. He was I mean he was much better, so in games without Michael Gallup or Cooper, he was over fourteen points a game and in games with one of those players, it was down under twelve. So there was certainly a, a noticeable bump in the in the small sample where those guys weren't available. Eileen yeah oh, it I Mike Evans is twenty nine. I'm going Debo Samuel. It's very, very close. It's very, very close. All right, picks. At so the... wait, wait,
1: wait, so I'm keeping.
2: Oh yeah, deep, I, got it. I got to trade and cut people. I'm gonna trade. I think that people like CeeDee Lamb more than they Mike they, Evans they right do. Now. So I'm gonna trade CD Lamb. Yeah, we maximize just... that value and cut, gotta play the market.
1: So we're the same on that one. We are.
2: We are aligned. Best friends. Picks at the four five turn with question marks. Deontay Johnson out of Pittsburgh who is holding in, uh, top eight in targets each of the last two seasons. But then, which Deontay's got the quarterback questions as well, the reports on Mitchell Trubisky's camp day yesterday were uh, not good, as one <laughs> would say. Travis Etienne running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, or Darren Waller, who could be still a an elite tight end, but there are huge question marks of of him last year. Just wasn't very productive in his opportunity. I know he was a bit banged up, and now Devontae Adams, the target monster, is coming to the Raiders' offense. Keep trade cut. Deontay, Travis Etienne, Darren Waller. And we're going to assume here that because this
1: is the 4-5 turn that your first three players align for you to take any one of these positions. Of course, of course. I I don't want to make this uh, It's better to take a wide receiver over a running back or a tight end over a wide receiver here. This is about – which one of these three guys is better for your fantasy team at that point in the draft. And while I don't usually care about hype pieces in the training camp season, I don't care that, oh, this player is looking great. There's some that we care about. There is some. And one of the most important things I'm looking for for news in training camp is injury-related. Who's healthy, who's
2: not? Okay. I thought you were getting like, blown away by Deontay Johnson's hold-in tape. Oh, man. It's just the news. He is... Do you see that lean against the wall? (laughs) No, it's It's Travis. a bite of a snow cone? Travis Etienne.
1: (laughs) I hope that's what he's doing during camp. He's out there by the snow cone machine (laughs) just proving a point. I mean, there's there's gotta be a... Putting extra syrup on top. Like, you see this? I'm gonna keep doing this. I'm gonna keep putting that syrup up here. You (laughs) give me a contract. Well, you think I'm gonna play? Of course I want more (laughs) pumps. Um... But no, Travis Etienne has been the star of training camp according to multiple sources from basically any anybody around the Jacksonville Jaguars says that he's great. Now, if this was a normal season where he did whatever he did last year and they come in and say he's great, I completely dismiss it. I don't care whatsoever. You're going to have camp reports from every team saying this player is the star. But the reason I care about it is because he's coming off of an injury and we just don't know is he fully ready to go well if okay. he's the star of camp and he's really showing great burst that doesn't mean to me that oh he's more special than i thought it means he's healthy he's ready to go the injury is not a concern this is the, you know this is the beginning of august we've got almost 2 months until he's playing meaningful football if he's ready to go now and showing elite athleticism in camp that is great news for me for a pass-catching running back, which is the type of running back I want, who played college ball with Lawrence. So I am starting to find myself more and more. I know I'm the highest on ETN out of the three of us, but I, I find myself more and more in on ETN, especially if at the 4-5 turn. I don't think I could pass him up there.
2: Yeah, you, you are just one spot higher than me on
1: Travis ETN. Uh, so, uh, so I'm the highest? Yeah. No, okay. You, yeah, well, you so are. I Hey.
2: <laughs> Just Pump the brakes over there, big guy. Well, let's. Uh, Andy is super low. Andy, yeah, too. yes, of course, of course. Uh, the, my problem with Travis Etienne is just like my my brain, my like my knowledge of running backs recovering from an Achilles injury. Medical experts giving me that information, my history in fantasy football of running backs with an Achilles injury. Just how inefficient Cam Akers was when he returned. And yet they all out of Jacksonville continue to say James Robinson's gonna be good. He's gonna be the lead running back. Like I I cannot get that out of the back of my head, and it's driving me nuts because everything everything within me says that is absolute nonsense. James Robinson has a zero dot zero percent chance to be ready for the beginning of the season. He has a sub ten percent chance to have any relevance during this fantasy football season, and I mean honestly, I think that's the only thing that is holding Travis Etienne's ADP. He's in a in a he's hovering around the airport, just waiting for his time to land. Because if if Robinson were clear, if if they had come out and said, oh, "Robinson, we just we don't think it's going to," he'll be ready. Travis Etienne would be on on a rocket ship up yeah. the ADP board. So I. For, I'm taking Travis Etienne here. I think that the the risk-reward here, says the pick, is to go with, with the first-round running back paired with his college quarterback. Elite pass-catching skills, and the opportunity will be there. Deontay Johnson, in, incredibly great player, but Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, Darren Waller, Last year with Devonte Adams, I'm going with Travis Etienne here, man. Nice. We are we are in agreement. We're holding hands I on wish best I d- friends day, and I mean I love being your best friend. Mm-hmm. It's great. I wish we could
1: disagree on some of these. I do too, I, and uh, I'm sure we will disagree as I'm we go.
2: Trade Deontay. I'm going to cut Deontay. Oh, uh, is that because you you were just have a personal vendetta against Deontay Johnson? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, also
1: because I think you know we we talked about the hold in that those things matter. Darren Waller, um, is. You know, at the at the four five turn, I don't see him there that often. Um, He's been going consistently ahead of George Kittle, and I think that his value is there. Um, And I will never give proper value to Deontay Johnson. It's kind of just off brand. So I will go um, trade Darren Waller, cut Deontay Johnson, keep Travis Etienne. There are. It's very rare. Got to keep the brand going. Got to keep the brand going. It's very rare to have truly explosive high-draft capital, young running backs in the fourth round. Right. I mean, that is like the the dream fantasy football asset you want is an explosive, athletic, high-draft capital, young running back. And that's Travis Etienne and Bruce Hall. Bruce Hall's also there in the fourth. Who Keep
2: Bruce Hall in the fourth round, people. I know you love Bruce Hall. Yeah. But you guys, I feel like you were also a Travis Etienne guy. Last yeah, I, year. I did. I liked him quite a bit. Who did you like more going into the draft process, Etienne or Brees Hall? Oh, Brees Hall, not even okay. not even remotely. So close. then you're still good. You head to head, head Brees to head. Hall, I'm easy. taking Brees Hall over Travis Etienne. All right, let's talk about wide receivers with a quarterback change. DJ Moore from Carolina, Mister Four Touchdowns a season. Jalen Waddle, who set the rookie reception record this past year, or Allen Robinson goes oh, to, the to the Oh man to the I'm out of here to the Los Angeles Rams, who had uh, a poo-poo year for the Chicago Bears. Where are you going, Jay? How do you even start to break down this equation? I start by being introspective and honest with myself about. Could, you could have done that with the last one with Deontay Johnson, but you refused. That was a brand thing. This is more <laughs>
1: of helping the Foot Clan. And the reality is, I've you know I've been um, negative on Allen Robinson for a while. worked out great last year because he was um, non-existent. He was just the worst. He hurt me a lot last year. You want to know why? Because you drafted him. That's why. Yes. Anybody who drafted Allen Robinson knows the scars and the pains because he was on the field. He, He was playing football. You just didn't know it because, I mean, if he comes out and dominates, what do Bears fans think? Yeah. Do they blame Fields or do they go man that dude was sandbagging?
2: Cuz he wanted out and they franchise and remember the whole contract situation was not good. He did just a reminder Foot Clan. He took home last year's prestigious Footy award for the poopiest pants award. Uh I believe the the Footy is still in the mail. Oh yeah. It's on its way. Freight yeah. takes a long time. Takes, I mean, you got to we ship it all over the world. <sighs> we source from only the finest factories around the globe. The Ironsmiths are I mean, look, selectively when you, chosen. When your trophy is made up of 1,200 individual parts and pieces, it, it takes, takes a while. It takes a yeah. while. So, uh, Mr. Robinson, don't poopiest, worry. Poopiest and pants he changed his address. Yeah, that was a hard it thing probably to arrived to in return Chicago. to Cinder. Come on. It's thousands of dollars. And we just got to pony up and pay so he can go to Los Angeles? Perfect for the poopiest pants. Uh, so, I've, where, where, what were we we're, talking about? We were talking oh, about Allen okay, Robinson. But, and so, and a lot of his you know, metrics a lot of his targets were not catchable for Allen Robinson. So, it uh, just it was an absolute combination of terrible things. So, who are you keeping? Well, the keep in this situation,
1: I I will say this, Allen Robinson's been moving up and up and up my rankings. When I when I look at my stats, especially now that Van Jefferson has his injury and now it really seems like Allen Robinson is the two. If you go back just a very short period of time, Robert Woods was one of my favorite draft assets every sure. year. He was never valued where he should have been. He was basically, you know, the type of wide receiver 15, 16, consistent, awesome wide receiver two for that team. And that's what Allen Robinson projects to be. Uh, obviously, he's, his camp highlights have been great. And the way that, Uh, Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford talk about him he is going to be a central integral piece to this offense that being said it's hard for me to take him over a guy like DJ Moore who has multiple years of 1100 yards uh, in a row and by you know three years in a row of 1100 plus and only four touchdowns now he gets a quarterback that doesn't throw 2% touchdown rate Hopefully, uh, although I did see the <laughs> camp battle raging oh, on. Gosh, yeah. Uh, you know, so I
2: think I go DJ Moore here as as my keep. I'm. I it's DJ Moore for me because I can't quit him. I think he's a an electric talent, and he's he's the number one in his offense. I I get it that not all number one wide receivers in offenses are equal, and sometimes there's a wide receiver too that you would prefer over a number 1 but DJ Moore with those numbers if you're putting up over 1100 yards each and every year and you have someone who can actually throw touchdowns and you just you just bump that number up a little we don't i don't need 12 touchdowns DJ Moore i would love i mean i'd, I'd love it i'd love it if you gave me 12 touchdowns but we don't need that you give me 8 you give me 1108 and I will be very excited. Yeah, this is this is a really
1: interesting, you know, process evaluation keep trade cut ch- keep trade cut because <laughs> what you're looking at here is what's most important? The quarterback play versus the player talent versus the player's position on the offense. Because those are the three differences here. Most right. talented We haven't w- even talked about Waddle. Most talented wide receiver out of these three is Jalen Waddle. He is the best pure wide receiver of these three. That's that's my firm belief. I think that he is interesting. Uh, you know, I mean, his draft capital says so. His speed and 40 times says so. Him setting the rookie receptions record last year says so. He doesn't quite have the quarterback talent that Allen Robinson has. And he's number two on the depth chart. That's why, to me, he's probably the third of these three players, even though I think he's the best wide receiver. Uh, Allen Robinson has the best quarterback of the three and is clearly the wide receiver, too. And then DJ Moore is the worst quarterback, but is the wide receiver one. They're all talented. I'm going to keep DJ Moore, trade Allen Robinson, and cut Jalen Waddle. And I hope to regret that. I want Jalen Waddle to finish this year as the wide receiver one for that team. Some men just want to watch the world burn.
2: Fair. I'm keeping DJ Moore. I'm trading Jalen Waddle. I think he's still. I'm More so valuable. happy to hear alan robinson get the cut alan robinson gets the cut is it you know he cut you
1: last year you cut him this year he, I'm, he hurt me deep really cuts. bad deep deep cuts because you you were all in on a different wide receiver if i remember in the league well, record draft it was and robinson wasn't supposed to be there and he Correct. fell to you and you're yes. like
2: well i guess i gotta take him it, so you took him it was a celebration that the landmine was presented to me, and I gladly stepped upon it. Mm. All right, let's get to the mailbag. 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 yes-ah. sir. All right, this one's from Dylon in San Antonio. Hi, ballers. How do you view the upside of DJ Chark, who is now with the Lions, if you're just getting back into fantasy football?
1: I think the upside of DJ Chark is good in best ball. Okay. Um, DJ Chark uh, is obviously always profiled as a field stretching down. You know, he's going to run he's a go route. He's very tall and he's very fast. And he's going to catch a deep bomb and he's going to get a couple long touchdowns. And when those happen, he will be phenomenal for fantasy. He'll put up a, a 16 to 23 point fantasy week and be great. But I I don't think with the Lions offense, um, with Amon Ross St. Brown and TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift all active, DJ Chark could still be the wide receiver one for this team during that stretch before Jamison Williams comes back. But I don't think he's going to be consistent at all. He's a guy that I'm not really wanting to draft and put in my lineups. Because I don't think the consistency will be there. You just have to get lucky. So if you want to do that week one, try to get lucky, and if it hits, maybe trade the dude. Okay, great. Uh, but the reality is you're you're not going to do that because leaving your draft, you, where are you drafting DJ DJ Chark at the end of your draft? Sure. You're not going to start him over other wide receivers, uh, you know, week one. So th- this is why I'm saying DFS lineups because he's going to be affordable or best ball lineups because you, you get all the bomb touchdowns but don't have to make the start-sit decisions, that's the only place I really want DJ Chark. But I do know Kyle, the Borgagnoni, uh, is a DJ Chark truther.
2: <laughs> which, which is, is – I, I don't know that I'd go that far. But here's the I thing. just wanted to embarrass him. Oh, fair. Uh, Jamison Williams, their first-round rookie wide receiver pick. He We have the latest reports uh, around the NFL put out that likely to start on the NFI list. Return in November, so Williams should not be a factor when you're drafting DJ Chark in the one of the like you know when you're doing all your research and your projections moving into the next year, you always come across some stats or a trend, and your mind just just shrivels down into into this little raisin, into an yes to a raisin perfection. DJ Chark had three healthy games last year. In two of them, he was a top 24 wide receiver. It was absolutely disgusting when I – like 12 targets, three receptions. (laughs) Yes, I know. Trevor Lawrence, game week one last year. But those three receptions turned into 86 and a touchdown. If you say three for 86 and
1: a touchdown, it's like, oh, man, that's a great game. It is but when you find out he had 12 <laughs>
2: targets i mean that is, but, he caught 25% of his passes but the point stands in 2 of his 3 healthy games to start the year dj chark was a top 24 guy i think they gave him 10 million dollars the lions are going to have to throw it dj chark is interesting when it, if you when you're just sifting through that garbage at the end of your fantasy football draft dj chark is somewhat interesting all right we got uh keeper decision fr- uh keeper decision from Joel in New York City. Hello friends, would you keep Mark Andrews in the 4th or Cam Akers in the seventh half point PPR? Ooh, this one is
1: really really tough. Uh I know we talked at the open of the show about Cam Akers and my belief that if him and Henderson are are both healthy, that there is an outcome where it is a timeshare. Um you know, if I had to I mean, it will be Henderson will be involved. It's just a matter of what is that scale? Because if if it's you know sixty five percent Cam Akers, that is a massive workload for Akers. If it's fifty fifty, then it's different. But man, when you don't have to take the draft capital of you know that that third or fourth round pick for Cam Akers, you can get him in the seventh. It could be worth that risk. But man, Mark Andrews, so your
2: tight end one in the fourth, yeah,
1: race. I. I love Mark Andrews. The more that I think about, I left last season saying I I believe Mark Andrews is a tight end one over Travis Kelsey. Then the Tyreek Hill stuff happened, and Travis Kelsey seems so locked in, assured of his volume. Travis Kelsey's gonna be thirty three, man.
2: There are red flag worries, but you understand that he is Zeus. And the, mythological gods do not age. That is something I had not considered. We'll factor that into your projections.
1: Okay, it looks like his age is now infinite. <laughs> so it's the little, what's the, the little what's the eight shortcut? on its side.
2: Do you, do you know the shortcut to put that in there? <laughs> no, I don't. No. Um, it, uh, I'm going to take Mark Andrews in the. Floor. I'm taking Mark Andrews. Right. Dave in Pennsylvania. Can I take? <laughs> Dave's asking for some permission here. Dave. You're you're a grown fella. Do you do what you want. But we'll answer your question. Dave says, Can I take Stefan Diggs over Jamar Chase with the one oh eight? Absolutely you can. Um now, <laughs> should he?
1: This so, is a PPR league. In a in a full PPR league i is I think the better place to do it because Diggs is someone that I think could command a thirty percent target share of the highest passing offense in the league. Diggs numbers last year he should have had several more touchdowns than he did based on uh his target rates in the red zone and uh in the end zone. I love Diggs and I have personally drafted Diggs over Jamar Chase. So I'm I don't think this is crazy at all. Now that is not my norm. Like I this is kind of a, a di- diversifying the portfolio. Do you have
2: so you have Chase Projected above Diggs.
1: I, I have Chase projected projected above Diggs, I would usually go Jamar Chase in a full PPR. I don't have any problem with Diggs ahead. I, I think all four players that speaking of Jamar Chase, stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson, and Cooper Cup, those four guys can all finish as the wide receiver one. So I don't have any problem with it. I love Diggs. That being said, I know this is stupid, and it's unimportant, and it's one of those things where you just tell yourself, this, don't care. This is what people come don't for care. Don't in the care. fantasy football. Don't care. Don't care about this. But, man, you just watch some of these training camp highlights of <laughs> of Jamar Chase, and you're like, oh, he's so good. He's so good. He's just like, the DBs have no chance. It's like, I'm watching these DBs play out of their mind great, and they're all over him, and then... He just turns on a little bit of jets. It's like, oh, yeah, three yards of separation. You're never catching back up to him. And the reports have been that yeah, I, saw, I saw some B reporters say, you know, if you're worried there's been zero regression to Jamar Chase's game yeah. in training camp, uh, the dude is great. Also, can I l- – let's talk um, let's, segue. Let's segue do it. Um, like
2: the the motorized vehicle? Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to get on
1: and hold on tight. You're going to Paul it? I'm going to lean forward a little bit and let's go. Um I want to talk about Kyle Pitts. Uh, okay. That's a <laughs> – It's a – Okay. It's so where's tra- the segue? The segue's under my feet and in my hands. Okay. Um, and that's how we're transitioning the, topics? The, the The professional segue here is training camp videos showing a physically dominant okay. specimen that defenders just can't do anything about. Right. That is Kyle Pitts. Yes. That is Kyle – Like, I can't imagine anyone in the league that can guard Kyle Pitts. If he was a wide receiver, if he was just literally a, uh, you know, he's full-time wide receiver. Why couldn't he be as good as literally any other wide receiver in the league? And they do line him up as wide receiver a lot. So it's like, am I being too, because I haven't drafted him once. He's going too high. He's always the tight end three off the board, which he, I think he's the tight end six in my rankings. It's hard for me to make the stats work with Marcus Mariota at quarterback and the expected passing volume of the Falcons, I. But I every time I watch these videos, I think you could throw it to Pitts every play,
2: and it will work. We we've thought that about Julio Jones as well, and you could, and he, yes, he and dominated. So <laughs> uh, it, it, it it just it's
1: I think we we were asked the question at the fire and ice like who are you most afraid of being wrong about and it was Brees Hall cuz i love him so much and i i'm i'm just afraid of um letting letting people down or leading people to maybe a a workload that isn't there enough in rookie season i don't think that's going to happen that's my fear but my 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 other big fear is Kyle Pitts because i want in on the talent i want in i watch just you know you watch film and you go it's a film versus analytics thing where when i watch film i say he can't be stopped mm-hmm And then when I put the math to the sheet and the team and the quarterback, I go, he can have a lot of... The numbers will stop him. The numbers will stop him. Yeah. He can have a whole lot of a poop pie, but you don't want any of it. Right. So, like, at the end of the day, do you want to draft a big slice of a poop pie? Or do you want uh, a small slice of, like, a banana cream? Because I'll take take banana
2: cream every time. So... Uh, you're letting the statisticals and the uh, projections. I mean, that's very low T. Yeah. yeah. So you're letting that stop. Nerd. <laughs> and we're all nerds here. So, okay. So mm-hmm. are you in? or I'm, Where that, are we? Are you is, in or are you out on Kyle Pitts? Or are you just, that is the question. You're just I
1: giving could. a big disclaimer. I'm giving a big disclaimer, and I'm asking you for help. This question comes in from Jason Moore from the Fantasy Footballers. Should I be in on Kyle Pitts at his current
2: ADP? <laughs> And that's for you to decide (laughs) at home. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Do not forget the Ultimate Draft Kit getting updated. Kyle Pitts could be getting updated right now. Who knows? UltimateDraftKit.com. That's going to do it, everybody. We will be back tomorrow. Projected to have the Mayhem Draft, but as mayhem goes, mayhem goes. So we'll see. But we will be here tomorrow. Goodbye, everybody.